My name is James Rowlands, and in 2015, I started a WNR podcast with my friend, Dan Mike. And every month, we bring you the latest collections, newest content, 205 Live, and the crown jewel of the WNR NXT update. Also, each month, the latest pay-per-views, and we are live, not only for the big four, but every takeover as well. Plus, in 2019, we go back 20 years and witness the attitude rise and the WCW's demise. Until we've watched everything, we're with you and we we are are the WNR. Yes, hello, I am James Rowlands, and as always, I'm joined by... Dan White. And today, it's the WNR 198, it's part two, and it's the WWE NXT... Oh yeah, a bit of um problem there with the sounds edit. Oh, it just proves that we're live. I'll be checking on that and making sure we're all right. Uh, so let's start with the alternate intro. Land of hope and glory, mother of the free. How shall we extol who are born of Lee? Wilder still and wilder Shall our bounds be set God who made me mighty Make me mightier yet Land of hope and glory Make me mightier yet I mean that is a lot but that's land of hope and glory but there we go. That is it. And what is the intro, Dan? Ever since we have started this podcast, the British wrestling scene has flourished. Now, as 2019 ends, there is more UK content than ever. For the first time ever, NXT UK gets its own takeover event. On this, on this episode, we shall bring you all the build-up, including games, shout-outs, the latest episodes of NXT UK, and an in-depth run down the card. So, let's get started. Yes, yeah, so let's get started. We're going to talk about... Uh, new content and and Dan do you want to start us off with this well we're still dealing with the loss of Mean Gene and WWE had a tribute to him on Raw which I thought was really well done yeah and they also added uh, special collections to celebrate Mean Gene's life so you can watch that on the network and here it is right now Dear friend of mine whose name is synonymous with wrestling, the smiling, mean Gene Okerlund. Right now I'm talking to you. I'm looking into your eyes. Right now I'm trying to show you that we're gonna be all. 
It looks like a top coat. I can't believe it. If I could buy a golf game, I'd be a scratch golfer, but that just doesn't happen. Put that cigarette out. I'm not about to lay down on my back and let someone cover me. I thank you very much. <laughs> You've already given me my haircut. Gene, I want you to look me right square in the eye. Which and one? I'm, I'm going to be a nice guy. I'm not going to insult you. Nice. <laughs> you know something mean, Gene. You know something mean, Gene. Mean, Gene. Mean, Gene. They'll beat you up. Halfway around the lake. Come on, Gino. Hulkamania never would have gotten as big as it did without me and Gene Oakland. This is the real living legend. Is that my love? It's Genomania. In those no end. Jungle Gene Okerlund. In the Garden of Tranquility. Guys, are you sure we're in the right place? Male or female? Um, I didn't check. Oh, neither did I. They're half monkey and half weasel. Heathen! Wait a minute, Heathen. What's going on here? Get out of there! <laughs> we're gonna get along great. For some reason, I don't quite buy that. Are you calling me a liar? The interviews were great. And, uh... They had the best with Gene Okerlund. We just don't make mistakes. Mr. Baseball Bob, uh... Don't worry about it. Yeah. <laughs> As you know, the ultimate warrior. Well, uh, yeah, are we? Guys in the back room like to play games out <laughs> here. I'm getting dizzy. It's not Jim, it's Dean! <laughs> this is the vault for the family jewels. <laughs> All right. And nobody talks turkey better than Gene Okerlund. I know you are, but what am I? Welcome to a place where memories come to life. Just the greatest interview guy in the business. Mean Gene, my favorite friend. Great guy. I'm ready for a beer and a bratwurst. That's Mean Gene for you. <laughs> I thought we were off the air. Wrestling has got to spend everything to me. And it turned out to be a great time. It's a good life. If one day I'm called up to the big house, if I'm called, they'll have a funeral, I want you to bury me face down. And then all of my critics can kiss my ass.
So, yeah, we are still dealing with uh, the loss of Mean Gene Oakland. But what do you think of Raw and Hogan's tribute to him? I thought it was absolutely great. Uh, you know, bringing Hogan in, he was a very pivotal part of the career of Mean Gene, as was Mean Gene to Hulk Hogan as well. You know, with the whole Geno-mania, and it was a perfect tribute from the perfect guy to represent him as well. And despite all his critiques for what he's done, it, it was the correct person to do it. Yeah, without a doubt, you know. Uh, so we talk about new content, and this past week on the WWE Network, on a Monday, January 7th, after Raw, we had the Edge and Christian show with the following description. Beth Phoenix is out for revenge, the Boogeyman works on his scare tactics, and Tommy Dreamer shares a painful memory from the good old days. And on Wednesday, January the 9th, two new episodes of WWE NXT UK, which we're watching on this episode. And Wednesday, January 9th as well, new episodes of 205 Live and NXT respectively, all of which we will catch up on next week. And Thursday, January the 10th at 8pm, it will be WWE Collection Spotlight with the following description. WWE Collection Spotlight looks at the newest collections available featuring in an exclusive interview with Rusev and the Royal Rumble match. And we get more details on that next week. Yeah, on Friday, yesterday, uh, January 11th, you had a new episode of This Week in WWE. And today on the network, pre-show begins at half six after TakeOver UK. We get the Nigel McGuinness story with the following description. The story of Nigel McGuinness, the man with the lifelong aspirations of becoming a W superstar whose career was unceremoniously cut short. And for those unaware, McGuinness had a WWE offer rescinded during his time as a wrestler due to injuries discovered during the pre-signing physical. Yeah, the current runtime is listed as one hour, as in the past. The special could be shorter or longer. And no word at this time on how in-depth the documentary whether it will include footage from his stints in Ring of Honor and Impact Wrestling. And we'll have uh, further details about that and probably a review of it next week on the WNR for January. But we move on, and we are live now for NXT TakeOver UK. Uh, but there are some frequently asked questions. The most asked questions that we get, because obviously we're British, Dan. I don't know if you've noticed that. And uh, we, we get asked uh, a few questions. We've got shout-outs coming, and we've got a lot of stuff in this show, like I say, full, full rundown, few quizzes and games and stuff. But let's start with most asked questions. These are the three most asked questions to us. Dan, what's the first one? What is the difference between British and American wrestling? Okay. Well, this one's a quite difficult one to answer sometimes because uh, British wrestling has definitely got a style to it, whereas American wrestling, uh, you, you could argue a fact. Now, most people think American wrestling is WWF and what they got nowadays, or WWE as it was, kind of uh, big, muscly guys not really bringing it, whereas you did have the kind of NWA stuff back in the day where it's more focused on wrestling. Of course, the hardcore style that we know and love from like ECW and stuff like this as well. But now there's kind of a lot of hybrids from the Mexican style, Lucha Libra, Japanese strong style, and that's kind of came over to the American. Uh, the, the British style, would say, is kind of more kind of technical. When you look at people like Tyler Bate or Pete Dunne and you compare them to people back in the day as well of, 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 of the, the kind of world of sport wrestlers, it's kind of more uh, technical to it. I, I would say America really hasn't got a defined style of wrestling, but the, the, the British you know, has. So that's the big difference. I mean, what would you say the, the big difference is between the two? Well, I'd say, as, as you was mentioning, the Americans kind of like a hybrid between every kind of style that they've got going. They try and incorporate every part in it. Whereas you mentioned British is more technical, strong style. It's joint manipulation. It is, you know, counter and counter again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's, it's more intelligent style wrestling. 
Yeah, uh, yeah, exactly. There's a lot of chain wrestling to it. There's a lot of connections kind of having to wait way out of it as well. So, um, with America, you couldn't really pinpoint what an American style was. And now it's becoming more like the stuff that we know. Do you know what I mean? Like, if you look at NXT UK, how they wrestle, that's more like NXT and then 205 Live and then kind of the main roster. But you've got people like Daniel Bryan and AJ Styles who are accustomed to that and kind of know what they're doing. Uh, what's the next question, Dan? The next question is, will there be a British WWE champ? And as part of Britain, we don't include Ireland no, don't. for some no, reason. No. Well, because it's not a part of Britain, is it? It's not part of the UK, is it? Well, they, 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 the Irish do get annoyed by that as well as us being a part of it. I know you like to connect Ireland to us, but it is separate, you know. So. Northern Ireland. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Northern Ireland's a part of us, but we haven't known one from Northern Ireland. I mean, Finley was from Northern Ireland, but like Balor and Seamus are from uh, Southern Ireland. But will there be a British WWE champion? I think there will be, yes. And, you know, if it's not Drew McIntyre, then it should most certainly be Pete Dunne. And that's me bigging up Drew McIntyre exactly. for you, uh, No, exactly. If it's not Pete Dunne, it should definitely be Drew McIntyre. There's a lot of potential there. I think over the past few years, uh, maybe the British Bulldog could have got to that level. Uh, and, and also with, you know, maybe Wade Barrett as well, when you look at what he was with the Nexus and what they did. Apart from that, we've not really come close, but I think Drew McIntyre's going to close this. I am 100% sure that within the next couple of years, we will definitely have a British WWE champion. I think there's no doubt in my mind when it comes to that. Uh, next one, will Mania be held at England? Now, this is a question. Apart from CM Punk, is he returning? Will there be a WrestleMania in England? Now, we have no uh, more detailed information than anybody else has done. But will Mania be held in England? I would say we are going to see Mania held in Wembley at some point. When? I'm not sure. I would like to think in the next five to ten years, Wembley will host a WrestleMania. I might be wrong by that. Or Wembley will definitely have a WrestleMania-sized event. You know, if they're going to Australia to do it, if they're going to Saudi Arabia, I can't see 80,000 people at Wembley you know, even for a Survivor Series, which I've, I've been saying the past couple of years now, you know, Survivor Series is probably the, the least of the big four. Have it at Wembley, and then you've got a huge event on your hands there, you know? We have been teased of it in the past. I mean, John Cena uses it to get a pop. But I think now we are closer than ever with the Performance Centre being the first one opened over here that's not in the US. You know, I think that kind of puts us instead. But will having the NXT UK brand over here kind of hamper that? It's you know it's it's a bit of a fifty fifty yeah, shot. Exactly, it's, it's 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 a weird thing. You know, uh, we, we're not sure, but we are hopeful. Cena says it will. Whoever the faces in the crowd will always say they want WrestleMania to be held in England because it's a, a cheap pop. But we did mention a couple of things from that, and like you talked about the performance center in the UK, and we got a little bit of news about that right now. Well, earlier yesterday, WWE announced the launch of a performance centre in the United Kingdom. The announcement was made by Trent Seven on ITV's Good Morning Britain. He was joined by British Dong-style stablemates Pete Dunne and Tyler Bate for an interview segment on the show ahead of tonight's NXT UK TakeOver Blackpool event. A press conference live stream took place a short while ago where the likes of Triple H, Charlotte Flair, Finn Balor and Pete Dunne all spoke Here's what we know so far about the UK Performance Centre. Well, Triple H said it's the next level to the commitment of global localization, and it's the first of many performance centres to be opened outside the USA. He also went on to say in-ring training, strength and conditioning, media training, interview skills training, access to a nutritionist, wellness training, financial training and language skills training, 
all on offer inside the UK Performance Centre with the aim of creating the most well-rounded, polished WWE superstars and professionals for the future. Also, 30 athletes or more will be training in the UK Performance Centre. They will mainly consist of the base of the UK brand who will be honing their skills to improve the product. Health and wellness of athletes is the most important thing we do. Medical and rehab facilities are on site to make the athletes as injury-proof as possible. And if an injury does happen, get them back on the field as soon as possible. Well, the UK Performance Centre is a soundstage for 24-7 content creation. You can have the best athletes, but if you can't show them off, it's useless. 80% of today's main roster came out of the US Performance Centre. There are 80 to 100 performers in the US Performance Centre right now. Well, WWE going all over the world and finding the greatest athletes and performers in all markets. Recently, they've been in China, Dubai, the Middle East, Germany, Chile, and soon they're heading to India. And Charlotte went on to say how she's NXT homegrown and how she had no prior wrestling experience before going to the US Performance Centre and how she was a part of the first class five and a half years ago. Well, embrace everything, she said. Have questions for the trainers. W sets a global standard for talent and trainer development and now the world-class standard is right here in the UK. She ended up, she's looking over her shoulder at the likes of Isla Dawn, Tony Storm and Rao Ripley. There's also been some details released. It's 17,000 square feet, two training rings, world-class strength and conditioning equipment and versatile content creation infrastructure. And, I mean, the performance centre open in the UK is massive news, Dan, isn't it, really? Because now it means that we've got something just like uh, the United States. And, and, you know, you wonder how long this plan was uh, into action. You know, how long has Triple H had this going on? Well, Pete Dunne has recently said that they were promised from day one that something would happen. He said they didn't know when. They just said they didn't know what it was going to be exactly time after the Tyler Bate match against Pete Dunne at TakeOver. He said, but it definitely that match helped cement NXT UK, especially for a worldwide audience. It made them feel like it's something they want to see. It legitimised the title a little bit more. But we were told from day one by Regal and Triple H, from even when we were doing a press conference and stuff, that there would be a full time show so it's been years of planning and now finally the performance centre's opened up in the UK we've got our takeover starting tomorrow and like I said Pete Dunn was promised it from day one we're really pleased performance centre's happening and like I said we've got a takeover to look forward to here tonight and we'll run through the card in a little bit but let's move on to shout outs and we love to do this on every live show and we start off with Cloudy Johnny and he said come someone explain to me the purpose of NXT UK it's badass but what's the purpose Main roster. Dan, what is the purpose of NXT UK? Well, we've kind of discussed this, and normally with the American NXT is a jump up to the main roster, which for most wrestlers, it's kind of a downfall. But I I think the same thing is going to be said for the NXT UK roster. You know, don't quote me on it, but that's (laughs) what my thoughts are. Um, I'd like to see a lot of them and how they flourish on the main roster, especially like, you know, Mustache Mountain, Pete Dunne, Gallus, and, you know, even Jordan Devlin maybe could have a showdown with Finn Balor and become the ultimate Irishman. Yeah, I, I think that the point is is to try and, you know, build, like I said, a British product and try and make stars. But there's got to be a kind of pyramid system into it. Is NXT UK a development league a bit like NXT is? Or NXT's not like that anymore, do you know what I mean? Or is it kind of, you know, do, if you do well in NXT UK, do you then move to NXT and then if you do well from NXT, then possibly 205 Live, and then the join after that is Raw or SmackDown. But we spoke about someone like Pete Dunne, who would he, you know, want to go back to NXT or after 
communicate straight up to the main roster. You know, these are the questions that are going to be asked. We're not sure, but it's obviously they've got a plan into action. They're going to keep some of their stars there in NXT UK, aren't they? Like we've seen with NXT and then build up another couple of guys, you know? Well, yeah, you know, we've seen how NXT has flourished after, you know, some of the major stars have moved up to WWE. So, you know, we're probably going to see something along the same lines, especially with the Performance Centre and, you know, there's going to have new talent coming in, getting trained up by wrestling legends as well. So, yeah, you know, hopefully that is kind of the end goal and the game. Well, we talk about Performance Centre, there's 30 people going to work there, not 30 people on the NXT UK, um, you know, the programming at the moment. And you've got people like Robbie Brookside, who is part of NXT development, might come over to the UK and help them come forward as well. So... You know, we're, we're hoping there can be, you know, in a couple of years' time, we'll see a few NXT UK guys actually making a way on the main roster, and that would hopefully be the way it goes. Uh, next question, one. Uh, yeah, Roxton Norway, uh, Norway said, hopefully we might see the return of a classic title renamed as the NXT European Championship as a mid-card title in NXT UK. Yeah. And I- it's something that I've mentioned before, <laughs> yeah. bringing back the European Championship. It's... You know, it's quite something that would be similar along the lines of the North American title that they've just introduced into NXT. Yeah. So, yeah, you know, I, I think that's something that they're going to touch on and hopefully do. Well, this is the thing. If if they can build the roster up and, and have someone, you know, we mentioned Jordan Devlin earlier or, or someone in that, you know, Mark Andrews could be holding the European title and then you can talk about the heritage of bringing it back. And, you know, you've got to remember people like British Bulldog and William Regal have won that championship as well. And you could bring the, the prestige into that. You know, obviously don't talk about the time. You know, uh, Dino Brown's not too bad, but, you know, what happened in like the kind of 2000 of the European Championship. But uh, have it that way. And I think that would work. You know, I think that would be quite cool to have the European title done. You know, NXT UK Championship. Uh, next question, Connor Kenway. Now we just need to wait. Will us brain Zack Sabre Juniors join the NXT? This is going to be a hell of a show. Now it's going to be a hell of a show. And Will Ospreay and Zack Sabre Jr., if, you're going to name, if I was going to name two guys that I would want on NXT UK, it would probably be these two guys. You know, Zack Sabre Jr. was my pick when he was in the Cruiserweight Classic. And Will Ospreay is just a fantastic athlete. You know, he signed up with World of Sport at the moment. Uh, and he you know, does a bit with uh, New Japan. Same with Zack. Fantastic talent. At the moment, I feel, though, that they'll get more um, exposure and maybe even more money doing what they're doing at the moment on the independent scene as opposed to NXT UK. I don't think if they were going to go into NXT UK tomorrow, they would be a bigger star than Pete Dunne. I think it would be great matches, but I don't think they're the kind of star level. I don't know what you think about that. Well, with, you know, especially Will Ospreay, if he was to go to NXT and have a feud with Ricochet, that would blow the roof off of any building that them to attend because we've seen an amazing match between the two of them in the independence and you know, but both guys definitely great workers and would definitely be a big asset in NXT UK. Yeah. I mean just imagine Zack Sabre Jr. on the main roster going against someone like Daniel Bryan, the kind of how technical that would be as well, you know. It, it, it would be exciting to see. But we'll see what happens. You know, I would say this is the future now. We're looking towards it and seeing where we are going to be in a year's time. And there's still top British talent that can be a part of the NXT UK roster, you know. We've got Bradley Hamilton. and He says, this will be the end of English wrestling. WWE doesn't care about English wrestling. They care about making money and getting the best talent and signing them up for Raw and SmackDown. Wow. I mean, that's pretty negative, isn't it, really? 
That is very negative. Since I, you know, we touched upon how many different UK promotions there are either starting up or have been going around for 10 plus years in the UK. You could travel to any area of the UK and you'd be able to find local talent, local independent wrestling scenes there. It's everyone, every wrestler's goal is to go to the WWE. Yeah, you would say 95% of every wrestler, you know, and you would maybe 99% go to WWE to make that main event level money. Uh, but we've seen now recent changes with NJPW and even Rev Pro in England, you know, given an opportunity for people to earn that money and get a lot of exposure as well. And I'll even go back to the territory days when Vince McMahon took out everybody in the 80s. It didn't kill professional wrestling in America. You know, there were still great wrestlers who rose from that to become a part of WWE and WCW. When WWE brought out WCW and you said, well, that's going to be the end of it then. And then you had people like Samoa Joe, AJ Styles, Chris Daniels, all rising from that. If the NXT, if, if UK division uh, can't recover from, you know, taking these guys out and building their own, then it shouldn't be around, in my opinion. The whole point of, of, of that's the perfect thing of wrestling. There's always going to be the star of tomorrow working its way through. And I think there's going to be more UK wrestlers going to get an opportunity now uh, at, at other places because guys have moved on to WWE, you know? Indeed, yes. And, you know, again, to touch on that, with about making money, it's... It's basically a simple choice of would you like to stay where you are and make the same money or would you like to go to a bigger company with more exposure and make more money? Yeah. It's it's a no-brainer for people that want to make money. Yeah, without a doubt, you know. So the opportunity there to make money and to be involved in, in British press wrestling or any wrestling, you know, we are coming soon to a kind of real hot period, especially if everybody else, you know, pulls a finger out, so to speak then there's going to be a chance where there could be, you know, four or five, you know, kind of major promotions, major promotions, kind of offering people this great money. Anyway, move on. Theo Kabbalah says, I love an annual NXT US versus NXT UK takeover. Something like bragging rights. Now, what a great idea that would be, you know? That would be absolutely brilliant. It's, you know, it's the best of the best brands because, you know, we've all seen the problems that Raw and SmackDown are having. And, you know, NXT UK, I feel it can be as big as NXT US. I doubt it'll overtake it. Yeah. But, you know, I think these two guys are going to be the top kind of promotions that WWE have to offer. And to see in the best go against the best, it will be great. Yeah, I mean, you can have champion versus champion, you know, and you can have Champa versus Dunn. Uh, you can have Baszler versus uh, Ray Ripley. You know, it, this is the way it's set out at the moment. Mustache Mountain going against, you know, Undisputed Era again. I think that would be a great idea and something that they definitely could do. And at an event they could help hold in England. Come over here and an arena like the O2. You know, imagine that and you sell it out quite easily. And you can have US coming over here against the UK. It's kind of written for that. Do you know what I mean? In a weird it, way. it is indeed, yes. You know, you could have it like the Ashes. The winner <laughs> yeah. gets to hold it over there. It's brilliant. Yeah. And then, you know, they get the bragging rights for the year <laughs> until next year. Yeah, exactly. Perfect idea. And then you can add, you know, once they start NXT India or NXT, you know, Saudi Arabia, whatever it is, then you can have like, you can actually have a World Cup. Imagine this. W could have a World Cup where you actually feature different countries involved. You know, how amazing would that be, you know? <laughs> I, I guess I'm a dreamer. Yeah, last, a Tommy. A Tommy. A Tommy dreamer, yeah. Well, last shout-out, and we'll have some more shout-outs later on, I promise. Well, Shane99 says, when is Pete Dunne going to lose his title? I want Mark Andrews to win. Well, do you think Pete Dunne's going to lose his title tonight, then? 
well, we'll have, <laughs> we'll have to wait and see when I open the predictions and uh, announce that to you. But I don't think, personally, I don't think Pete Dunne should lose his title until NXT UK is a bit more established because, you know, whether you like him or not, and, you know, you've everyone else has got their favourite wrestlers, but Pete Dunne is kind of like the face of NXT UK yeah. so far. The miserable face well, of NXT well, yeah, UK. Yeah, without a doubt, he's the guy who is leading the charge. And like I said, until you've built someone out. But don't get me wrong. We're going to talk about the match later. Uh, they built Joey Coffey up fucking brilliantly for months. But uh, I feel with Pete Dunne, you need someone there. For, for me at the moment, like with Oscar's streak, or Ian Young take at WrestleMania, you need a guy who can kind of uh, take that pressure after beating Pete Dunne and try and carry that championship as well. Do you know what I mean? Because Pete Dunne has done a fantastic job of, of making the UK brand well, it is nowadays. But, you know, people like Mark Andrews uh, will have definitely an opportunity down the line. They're, they're too talented not to, you know, and I think that's definitely what's going to happen. All right, so we move on for a bit of games then. And we do love playing games, and uh, we always do it on the live show. We have one game now, and we're going to dot a couple of games around. Uh, we're going to play a bit of Dead or Alive, Dan. So this is down to you. Now, basically, this game is quite simple. I have uh, picked two wrestlers. Dan's got to tell me which one's dead or alive. This is a very good one today because we are obviously live for NXT UK. These are all British wrestlers, but are they dead or alive? First one, Dan, is Dave Taylor or Mick Now, first off, can you tell me who either these two dudes are? Dave Taylor, he's uh, a prolific British wrestler, as is Mick McManus, all from back in the day. This is going back to, what, 70s, 80s? I'm, I'm going back, yes, yeah, 60s, 70s, 80s with uh, Mick McManus there. <coughs> Dave Taylor used to team up with William Regal as well. But who's dead and who's alive? I would say that Dave Taylor is alive and Mick McManus is not with us anymore. I might give you an answer with the dates of it, but I, you are correct. He passed away. Dave Taylor is still alive. Up next, Burt Royal, who's one of the greatest technical wrestlers in the UK has ever seen, versus Kendo Nagasaki. Anybody long-time fans will know he's the man who dressed up as this terrifying Japanese guy. But who's dead? Who's alive? Well, I'm going to go with uh, my famed intelligence here. And I'm going to say Burt Royal because, you know, he's obviously got that huge place named after him, the Royal Burt Hall. <laughs> yeah. No, is that it? No. <laughs> I'm going to say Burt Royal's dead. Kendo Nagasaki is still with us. Yeah, two out of two. You're right. Kendo Nagasaki's still alive. He came out last year, literally came out uh, saying that he's... Uh, bisexual, he had to deal with if it was going along. 76 years old he is now. And Burt Roll, he will sadly be missed. And next one, Dan, is it Giant Haystacks or Big Daddy? I don't have to explain who these two giants of the UK division are, but who's dead, who's alive? Um, tough one because I thought they was both dead. But I'm going to have to go with Giant Haystacks being dead and... Big Daddy being alive. Well, Big Daddy was known as Shirley Crabtree and Giant Haystacks. I did wrestle in WSW in 1995 for a little while. But, Dan, you should have gone with your first fault. They are both dead. So, oh. yeah, yeah, no, I'm sorry. I didn't <laughs> want to trick you with that. Uh, but uh, I, I do apologise. So that was Dead or Alive. We'll play some more games in a bit. But first off, we should say we've got a very special message from none other than Triple H. Hey, this is the game, Triple H. Two years ago, I told you we were coming to the UK to help you build your empire. Well, you have done it. 
Because here we stand today, NXT UK is one of the hottest brands on the planet because of you. You have made this a success across the board. The reaction to it has been off the chart. Talent from around the world are begging to come into NXT UK because it is one of the hottest things this industry has ever seen. And here we are today, and I'm here to make another announcement. We're going to go back to where it all began. Blackpool, January. On the 13th of January, we will come to Blackpool with NXT UK to record more episodes of the brand that you built, the empire that you started. But before we do that TV on the 13th, on Saturday... January 12th, for the first time ever, streaming live on the WWE Network, will be NXT UK TakeOver Blackpool. We are NXT. Well, thank you, Triple H, for that. We are indeed NXT, and we cannot wait. We are just under 90 minutes away from our very first ever NXT TakeOver UK special. But we're going to do something very, well, something new on the podcast. Now, we're going to have a little bit of a quiz because we are, as we know, experts when it comes to wrestling and British wrestling as well. And we set ourselves a couple of questions. We don't know, so we're going to try our best here. Uh, it's basically related to British wrestling. It's quite simple. So first up, the quiz is, first question is, Wolfgang was the fourth Scotsman signed for the WWE. Who are the other three? Now, Dan, do you want to take a guess at this? Because this is probably more my category. But go on at you. So Wolfgang was the fourth Scotsman. What other three? Who do you think was signed before Wolfgang? Drew McIntyre. Drew McIntyre is one of them, yeah. Does Nicky Cross count? Nicky Cross does indeed count. And Killian Dane. No, Killian Dane is Irish. Ah. No, uh, Noam Dar. We'll take that. Of course, a Scottish supernova. Scottish supernova. So Wolfgang was the fourth. And then we have McIntyre, Nicky Cross, and of course, now Amdar. But how many English, Dan? Just name me five English right now. Uh, British Bulldog. Yep. Um, Pete Dunn. Pete Dunn, yep. William Regal. Yep, Regal. Uh, Wade Barrett. Barrett is a great shout as well, yeah. Yes. Who else? Well, there's two that I've got that I can think of. Uh, one of them is Paul Birchill, who was signed about 10 years ago. Danny Birch. 15 years ago. Danny Birch is another one that we could say. Paige is uh, someone oh. who's been around on the roster now. That's fine. Okay, how many Welsh? Welsh, Mandrews. Mandrews is Welsh. Wasn't the guy who was... You remember the new Nexus? Wasn't it Mason Ryan? Was Mason it, Ryan. He, he was well? Welsh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That was two. I think there were only two kind of Welsh, but I can't really think of anybody else right now. Mason uh, Ryan, I think... Andrews. I mean, if anybody else, you know, listen to us now, wants to tweet in, hashtag WNR Live, just let us know any more Welsh wrestlers. But I think that's that's it. I can't really think of anybody else at this moment in time. Um, how old is Pete Dunn, Dan? You're a massive Pete Dunn fan. How old is he? Um, I'd say he's 24. Oh, you're so close. He is 25. He is 20. that's, that's must have bad. just turned 25. He must then. have just turned 25. Uh, what decade did William Regal make his debut? Um, I would say either late 70s or early 80s. Uh, well, let's it's, it's just try and have a think. So, how old? Probably 50, 30 years ago. So, 
1979 to 1980. Uh, I'd probably say 80s. Let's have a quick look. I've got the little thing in front of me. Oh, wait a minute. 1982. He made his debut. So it was in the 80s. Early, Early 80s. 80s. Right, yeah. All right. Um, how many championships did British Bulldog win in the WF? Right, okay. So let's have a look. So he definitely won a European Championship. I know that much. He definitely won the Intercontinental Championship. And he won the Tag Team Titles as well. Now, he might have only won the Intercontinental Championship once, I'm going to say. Um, he won the Intercontinental Championship once, yeah. yeah. The European title, uh, oh, f- twice? Yep. Yes. And tag team, oh my God. So he's tag team with Owen Hart. Um, once. I'm going to say tag team twice. Who was the other one? Uh, Owen Hart was one, and Bulldog teamed up with... to win the other tag team championship... Recently passed. Recently passed. Part of the British Bulldogs. Oh, of course, Dynamite Kid. How can I forget the British Bulldogs? My Indeed, God. yes. And another championship he's won. Uh, what, in WWE? Hardcore championship. Yes, you're right. He won that twice? Yes, indeed. He also won a Battle Royal at the Albert Hall. Yep. He won the WWF European Championship Tournament in 97. And the World Tag Team Championship Tournament in 97, which I suppose goes with his Tag Team yeah. and European Championship reigns. Well, he did quite well then, I suppose, in 1997. And, of course, he was uh, he finished second in the 1995 Royal Rumble. And, of course, Shawn Michaels won it. Uh, okay, Dad, difficult question for you. The last one on our quiz. How old... Oh, sorry, how old? Who was the last Brit to win a singles championship on the main roster? I'm not counting Pete Down or Tyler Bates, NXT UK champion. I'm talking about the main roster. Who was the last person? Now... Where are we now? We're in 2019. Uh, who have we had British on the main roster recently? A singles title. Singles because obviously we've had Drew McIntyre winning the tag team title yeah, last and, year. Yes, yeah, we did. We're not going to count NXT because McIntyre was the NXT champion as well. So we're looking for main roster. Um, uh, well, if... Regal? No, Regal's probably too far along ago, isn't he? Drew McIntyre was the Intercontinental Champion when he was the chosen one. Yes, but that was. But that was... That was 20. 2012, 2013. 2012. What about Wade Barrett? Weren't he the Intercontinental Champion? That's a great shout, actually. Barrett. Uh, about 2015, I think. Barrett. 2014. You're right, yeah. January 5th, 2015. Wade Barrett. Wade Barrett. So, I guess Wade Barrett for men's, and it would be Page no, for... Page, yeah. I was just Paige, about to say yeah, Page. Exactly. Page for Women's Championship, because she won the Divas title, didn't she? Yeah. Um, and she was... Yeah. It should be AJ, didn't she, yeah. for the championship. So, yeah. So, Page would be the female... And then the man would be Barrett. And like I say, if any of these aren't right, we're just doing it off the top of our heads. We're just trying to fact check it. Then please uh, let us know. So a little quiz. I think we did quite well on that quiz, don't we think? Indeed, yes. Uh, it, there was some touching questions, you know, good questions there, especially along the British wrestling scene as well, which... Yeah, is and, and we've mentioned him. And I should say, because it's UK special, I've got something very special lined up here. Wait a second. He's a man. I mean, I couldn't really do a live show without having his feet. He is the manliest of man's men. If it wasn't for Woody Regal, I don't know where we'd be right now with British wrestling. But I think it just would take a second just to thank Woody Regal for everything he's done.
So there we go. William Regal, we pay tribute. He's not dead, don't worry. Anybody just tuning in? <laughs> He's not. We just we just thought it'd be nice. Uh, into the action, then, shall we? And let's watch the very first episode of NXT UK that we got on this podcast here today. So yes, it is our first episode of NXT UK. It's episode 10 and it's the 9th of January 2019. So we start off with episode one, match one, and that is Jamie Ahmed and Dan Maloney versus Kenny Williams and Amir Jordan. Well, the hard-hitting Jamie Ahmed and Dan Maloney were in control early on, but the high-flying Kenny Williams and Amir Jordan picked up the win, their first as a duo in NXT UK, when Williams took out Maloney at ringside with a dive through the ropes, allowing Jordan to hit a moonsault on Ahmed to get the one, two, three. We then get an in-ring promo of Gallus' Joe Coffey, well, Coffee began saying, no one likes us and we don't care, prompting a no one likes you chant. He added that Pete Dunne will get what's coming to him during an upcoming match between Gallus and Mustache Mountain and he'll be lucky to even make it to take over Blackpool. We get a question and answer session with Rhea Ripley and Tony Storm. The NXT Women's Champion, Rhea Ripley, took exception to the prophetic question asking how she plans to defeat Tony Storm at TakeOver Blackpool. Storm pointing to her own success in the Mae Young Classic and described Ripley as a joker. Ripley repeatedly reminded Storm that she defeated her for the vacant title in November before finishing the segment by holding her title and walking away. And match two, and it's kind of like a, a rematch for me and James <laughs> yeah. from the Mae Young Classic, and that is Isla Dawn versus Zia Brookside. Well, how did it go, Dan? Well, James, it went like this. Competing in her hometown of Liverpool, Zia Brookside offered a handshake at the start of the match and Isla Dawn accepted. Both women attempted several submissions and unique pinfalls. In the end, Brookside tried a victory roll from her opponent's shoulders, but Dawn sat back and covered the youngster for 1 2 3. Oh, just like at the start, they shook hands post match and showed respect to each other. Following the match, Ginny attacked Dawn backstage. And match three was Damien Weir versus George. Jordan Devlin shouted midway through the match that Damien Weir is not in my league. We rallied at one stage, but Devlin never looked like losing, hitting an impressive cutter before picking up the win with Ireland's call. Devlin was set to speak on the mic post-match, but he escaped up the rap when Travis Banks appeared. Banks challenged Devlin to a match right now, but the Irishman walked to the back. And on to match four is Flash Morgan Webster, Mark Andrews versus Zach Gibson and James Drake. And the winners face Mustache Mountain for the NXT UK Tag Team Titles. Yeah, and like we saw Mustache Mountain beating Gallus on the last episode of NXT UK. Who will get there? Will it be Mandrews and Morgan Flash Webster? Or will it be the grizzled young vets? I mean, Dan, who are you picking in this one? Well, I'm going to have to say I'm going to go with the gutsy Mark Andrews and uh, Webster Morgan Flash. I mean, it'll be a great matchup when it at takeover with these two teams. Whatever team gets through now, whether it be the Modfather and the Welsh Wizard, or whether it be uh, the Pride of Liverpool, along with James Drake getting through there now. But Mustache Mountain are waiting there. We are going to crown new NXT UK Tag Team Champions tonight, live at takeover. But right now on our live show, we're going to find out. 
who makes it through. But I've been impressed, impressed with uh, Morgan Flash Webster, Flash Morgan Webster, we were going to call him Webster Morgan Flash, from the uh, very beginning, ever since we saw him appear on 205 Live, didn't we, live? Uh, was that last UK? I think it was, yeah. And we saw him in a six-man tag team action. Of course, we've seen Manjus before. Very, very impressive. But the thing I like about Webster, he's definitely got his own character, hasn't he? You know, that stands out. He's, to me, he looks like uh, Austin Powers. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Well, he's got the kind of Austin Powers, you know, he's kind of that mod rocker that, you know, back in the kind of 60s and 70s, but he's definitely his kind of own gimmick. He, he, he's in his own thing. Ben, I don't want to discredit the Grizzled Young Vets as they come out here. Well, you, know. you, you can't discount uh, Zach Gibson. He's in his hometown. Yeah, and, and not only that, we know how great Gibson was uh, and how dangerous he looked in the UK tournament, you know, the, the second UK tournament, when he actually won it all, got to the, you know, beat Travis Banks in the final, and probably the man who has taken Pete Dunn the closest, I would say, in, in over 600 days of Pete Dunn being a UK champion, I think Zach Gibson's a guy to his absolute limit. And uh, don't forget, we'll give you a full rundown of the card later as well. Of course, we know it's going to be Pete Dunn defending against Joe Coffey. But one of these teams will be getting a tag team division. And uh, again, the Grizzly Young Vets, I like the, the way they look. You know, they look like a proper team. We've seen they're two-time progress champions. So they're definitely a tag team that has been around a lot going against the face team. And it's just exciting that we're going to get it right now. And we're going to start off with James Drake and Mark Andrews in. And Andrews gets distracted by Gibson and straight away, Drake attacking him from behind, then going after the Mudfather. And maybe this is a Grizzled Young Vet's plan, is to put him away early. Well, you want to cut Mark Andrews off before he gets started, because once, you know, he's uh, on a roll, there's not a lot you can do to stop him. And there's the speed as well of this team, but Gibson got Andrews up on his shoulders. Doomsday device, looking to end this one. One, two... Oh, but Mandrew's managing to kick out. Uh-huh. And just like that, it was nearly done. Great planning there by James Drake nearly getting the victory. And Andrews and, and Modfab, like I said, need to build up need, so quick. But if you stop that to begin with, and this is perfect tag team wrestling at the moment. Now it's Zach Gibson with Andrews on the outside. Well, quick tags in and out, just working over Andrews. Gibson had him in the back breaker. And then came down James Drake, gets thrown back in the ring. Gibson with a cover, but Andrew's out at two. Two. And do you think it's going to have an effect then with being in the pool? Do you think that's going to help him in this one? Two in some respects, yeah. But again, you know, if they want to give him heat, then I suppose to lose in his hometown is probably the best way to do it, if you know what I mean. Well, yeah, I think what I liked about... uh, what they did last week on NXT as well was having Zach Gibson walking through Liverpool because we know how much he loves it and saying like, you know, Liverpool needs him. He doesn't need Liverpool kind of turning the crowd against him a little bit, you know, even though I'm sure Gibson's got a few fans. He's not the kind of most likeable of guys as opposed to have Andrews and um, Morgan Flash Webster as Andrews now has just been held down in submission. He's in serious trouble. Well, if he gets some Shankly gates locked in early, then it's uh, it's definitely going to be all over for Mandrews. Yeah, I truly believe that the Shankly gate is not the most dangerous submission hold in the UK. But I think on if you look at WWE roster, there's very few submissions you can get in where it's almost job done. And I think the Shankly gates is, is up there with, with what we have. And I think that just shows what a great talent Gibson is and what a great talent NXT UK have got. As James Drake now is in control of Andrews. And like I said, they've just completely smothered him. 
He's not been able to make a tag. He's not fresh at all. He's just showing his heart and determination. But, you know, you look at uh, Webster. He's got his left shoulder taped up. I mean, that's going to cause him jip along the line anyway. So if he does get a tag in, they're just going to target the injured arm. And it is over. I mean, you've got to think as well that these two men, like I said, the problem with Fabian Eichner coming in, beating Mandrews and his problems that he had with Webster. Uh, and now we've seen, you know, uh, Marcel Barthel come in and maybe forming a tag team together as well. This is going to be dangerous times. You know, the tag team division is really heating up. You've got Gallus, who are going to look on to see, you know, of course they lost to Mustache Mountain, but they'll be keeping an eye at TakeOver Fullest as well. So we're building up a tag team division here. So Andrew's still struggling to get to his feet. Indeed, yes. And that's why I have gone for uh, Grizzled Young Vets to win this match. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, at the moment. <clears throat> at the moment, though, you can see it has been all Grizzled Young Vets. No, it only takes one hot tag in and uh, Webster to clean house and it could be all over for these young high flyers. But Andrew's now avoiding Gibson, but luckily for him, uh, Drake came in, but Andrew's stopping himself for that top turnbuckle, slides underneath both men. But cut off short before he could get a tag to Webster. Drake grabs the leg, gets kicked into Gibson. Finally gets the tag in, both men going for a double clothesline, but Webster with a springboard moonsault takes them both out. And he's on fire, baby, holding that injured arm like you said, but drop kicking James Drake, not once, but twice. Follows up with a third one. Well, three times a charm here. And now Webster building some momentum up. Huge clothesline. And then rather than going for the cover, went for the punches. Just showing the aggression that Webster's got on him. But, you know, he's not received the move yet. And he's in a lot, obviously, a lot of trouble with that left shoulder. You've got to think as soon. Is it a bit of momentum? But he's not stopping now. Webster taking out Drake. And then on the apron, diving sent on at Gibson. Back in now. Rolls through. Picks him up. Double underhook face buster. Going for the cover. This could be it. Oh. Uh, no. Drake managing to get the shoulder up at two. Two. Well, the fans firmly behind Webster and Andrews. I don't know if Andrews is going to be able to get up the rest of this match. But James Drake in a bit of trouble right now. Got his arm caught, but no. Forearm shot to Webster. Tags in Gibson. Now the referee's got to get control here because both men are in and Gibson caught Webster. Drake kicked him in the face. Like Gibson was going for a slam and Webster stops it. And now he's got him on the top right. Look for that monkey flip. Uh-oh, but Gibson's got the arm. Pushes him off the top rope. But Webster catches him with his legs under the arms and sends uh, Gibson over the top rope. Eliminates him from the rumble. And Gibson going back to safety, but not too safe because Andrews has just tagged himself in. Hurricane Rana <laughs> over the top rope, taking out Gibson. Well, that was fantastic there by Mandrews. Throwing Gibson back in. Webster stopping Drake with a knee. And now Webster's got Andrews' leg. Oh! Very innovative there. Well, assisted 450 springboard, basically. Goes for the cover, but Gibson now at two. Two. And now Flash wants to tag back in. And now tagging Webster. No! Drake pulls Webster off. Uh-oh. Zach Gibson rolls through to Andrews, trying to go flat. I think Andrews realising, sliding again. Oh, gets caught with a code breaker. Very hard. That was more than a jaw. To no, but still can't keep Andrews down. Managing to kick out. Uh. I don't even think James Drake can believe it in his corner. 
We know all about the toughness of Mandrews, but tonight he's going to have to prove it. And Webster, that injured wing, is not going to be much help at the moment. Drake gets a tag up. And Gibson now again got my shoulders. Might be looking for that doomsday device again. But Mandrews fighting it. He's fighting James Drake while sat on uh, Gibson's shoulders. Yeah, and Drake's on the second rope. All three men are fighting. Mandrews managing to go up top now with Drake. Hurricane Runner sends him into Gibson. Both men get taken out. And Flash Morgan Webster sent on bomb from the top on both men. Well, Gibson's down, and now Andrew's tagging in Webster. Oh, knee to the face of the first Hurricane Runner. Stopping Gibson to... Oh, oh but Gibson throws Mandrews into the pin and breaks it up. Oh, that was the only way he was going to stop that then, and it just shows the intelligence of Gibson. All four men are down, and you can see how important it is to get to NXT UK TakeOver Blackpool to have a tag team opportunity. Well, you know, I'm, I'm not too struck on the amount that Gibson sells things. I think, you know, he's just in as bad a category as uh, your man Buddy Murphy there. Mm, I quite, I maybe could have quite liked that Gibson. Gibson on the outside. Here comes Manju. Suicide dive. Maybe looking for the DDT. But Gibson catches him in the suplex, twists him round and then just splats him on that ramp. God, Mandrews has got to be out after that. And now Drake rolling up. Flash Morgan Webster to... Oh, no. Ooh, but Webster managing to kick out. Uh, I thought Drake might have had hold of the tights, but Webster there with a headbutt. Knocking Drake down. Gibson slowly making his way up to the apron. I think Flash Morgan Webster seeing where Mandrews was. Now he's going to try spinning DDT, but gets caught by Drake. Tags in Gibson. Catches Webster in the throat. Oh, oh and a pop-up code breaker. Goes for the cover. One, two... Free. Job done. The grizzled young vets booked their place at takeover in a very impressive fashion. In what was a really good match now, what are your thoughts? It was a very impressive match, yeah, and uh, I'm glad I went for the grizzled young vets in that match to win. Yeah, I think it showed that there's a lot of potential in the NXT UK tag team division with just these four men and what they went. I wouldn't say managers and Webster are kind of proper tag team, you know, in quotes. But I think they showed that they work quite well together. There's a storyline open, like we said, for Eichner and Barfell when that happens. And the Grizzled Young Vets now will go to face Mustache Mountain. And I think that's a kind of better matchup in a way because we're going to see Hills versus Faces. And we know they're all going to bring it. But very impressive action then, and very impressive by James Drake and Zach Gibson to get the job done with that kind of double-assisted co-breaker. And if they hit that at takeover, it will be job done. <laughs> What are you doing? James, what on earth are you doing? What am I doing? What's it look like I'm doing? It looks like you're trying to blow up some balloons. Yeah. No shit. Why are you blowing up balloons? You know why. Really? Yes, the end of the month. Do you mean the WNR 200 on January the 25th? Well, of course. We are live and it's going to be a party. We're playing games. So I thought not only snacks, but game changer, balloons. Well, I thought we would have a retrospective look back at 200 episodes of the WNR and pick out important or funny moments that we have made and tell everyone what goes into making the WNR podcast. Hey, all right, we'll do that instead then.
So the WNR 200 is coming in a couple of weeks, but we are live and we are just over an hour, about an hour and four minutes away from the very first ever NXT UK TakeOver Blackpool event. I cannot wait. Dan, let's play another game and I'll let you have, you can, you can play me if you know what I mean. Well, James, it is a game that has been around since episode 17. Can you believe that when someone, no names being mentioned here, but it was you, fucked up on the main event <laughs> of Unforgiven, funnily enough, and it was a game that was just spawned off the top of my head, and that is Elephant or F1. 191 episodes ago. Wow, that is... No, that's not right. 181 episodes ago. There we go. My maths might not be strong, but my game playing for Elephant or F1 is. Can you explain the rules for everybody? Well, James, I'm going to make a noise out of my mouth, obviously, not out of the other end of me. And you're going to have to guess whether it's an Elephant or an F1. F1 car. I've got a card here with Elephant or F1. I'm going to choose a side, make the noise, and you've got to guess which one it is. Okay, that's fair enough. I mean, people at home listening will go, that sounds easy. Well, let's play it and see what you feel. Dan, starts off. <coughs> wow. You see? Now, what what could that possibly be? Was that uh, an elephant or an F1 car? I'm going to say F1 car. It is correct, James. Yes, it was an F1 car. Yes. So that's one point to me. F1 car. That was difficult. I was going to give you that. That's difficult. But number two now. Go on. <coughs> oh, shit. Is that too easy? I mean, no, I'm just going to go straight in. Balls deep. Elephant. That is an F1 car with the new 2019 wing on the back of it. That's where the confusion comes in. I was going to say that, but I fall elephant instead. Gosh darn it. Uh, so that's one one on one. All right, so I can win it still, though, with number three. <laughs> well, is that an F1 car with the new wing on it? No, that's an elephant with two people on. Dan? It is an elephant, but with only one person on it. Oh, but you got to give me that, though, because I did guess elephant. I I'll give it to you, yes. Yes, so I win. Elephant or F1. My God, I'm back in the game. So it's one game each, and later on, our final game will be one of my favourites. Is it Basler or Dunn? But we'll play that in a bit. Um, now, me and Dan are just going to masturbate. Dan, do you want to explain to people what we're going to do? <laughs> well, we're each going to choose a side on two subjects here and argue for our side and against the other person's side as well and just, you know, yeah. see who's kind of the best at debating yeah. in a mask. We, we, we did this last live show, didn't we? And it worked quite well, me and Dan masturbating. Everybody enjoyed it live. Uh, and that's what we're going to do now anyway. We Like I said, three, three subjects. Our first subject... Are WWE killing UK promotions? Dan, what's your answer and why? They are. Oh. And on that basis, I think, you know, what we mentioned earlier is with all, like, you know, a, a few of the wrestlers going to WWE UK, it's it's going to, you know, encourage other wrestlers to kind of build up so they can eventually get drafted over to WWE UK if that's what their goal is and it's gonna it's gonna encourage more people to kind of start wrestling especially with the performance center not only the UK performance center but there's you know other performance centers available for different brands in the UK 
and it's going to encourage them to go to it and it's going to encourage them to get on their main goal as, uh, for going to WWE. No, that is a fantastic argument and, and I'll, I'll, just, I'll just tell you why you're wrong for. Uh, WWE are killing UK promotions. Yes, they are killing UK promotions. Where, where do you think all this talent has come from throughout the years being in places like, you know, pro uh, and ICW in Glasgow. You know, ICW held an event of 7,000 people. Do you think they're going to be able to do something like that again if WWE have their way? They've already taken... I'll throw my pen in anger, Dan. They've already taken people like Wolfgang, people like Joe Coffey, people like Drew McIntyre, you know, and, and then they've been told that we can, you can either work with us and then we can buy you and shut you down so you can't be competition to us, you know, or if not, then you're not allowed any of our talent whatsoever to be involved in any event guys are struggling as well there's going to be dozens of british companies going out of business because they don't want to uh, give away stuff to the wwe and and much like the 80s WWE were coming in and completely destroying the territory in the uk which is going to take decades again to rebuild but with all eyes on wwe and you know a lot of american fans are going to be coming uh, are going to be watching NXT UK takeover, and there, you know, there's going to be more eyes on it, and it's going to be a more, it's going to be a, a subject that's in demand. It's going yeah. to be a product that's in demand, and of course, if something's in demand, they're going to want to watch more of it. Yeah, and it's going to, you know, if Americans come on holiday over here, if you know, I'm not going to be able to travel five miles, uh, five miles, five hours in my car to go to Blackpool, so I'm going to have a look for somewhere local. So, you know, if I go to London, it's quite local, or Brighton, where we've seen, um, you know, talent, or, you know, even to Sittingbourne, which is, what, probably about a half-hour drive at most from us, where they've shown independent circuits. So, yeah. you know, it's you're going to think, well, resting over here, there was one in Canterbury, our hometown, not so long ago, just before Christmas, and it had James the Cowboy Storm yeah, there. Yeah, no, all right. All right, I, I tell you what we'll do. I'll give you that. You you do win because we could argue all day, but like I say, we're, we're not running short of time right now, but I've got a feeling we always will. Uh, so we'll move on to the next one. So you get the, the win for that one. Up next is a difficult one. Is it Pete Dunne or William Regal? Right, And I'm going to say it's William Regal. We just played earlier his song to tribute to him to show what he's done in wrestling. Throughout WCW and what he brought. When British Bulldog was at the kind of top of his game as a huge superstar, there was a guy who was a worker who came in and did everything. And not only did he work with WCW throughout you know, the 90s and everything like that, he then joined WF Junior where you had all these massively strong characters like Austin and The Rock, and what was William Regal? He was a general manager at the time as well. Came in, was with Kurt Angle, with Austin, with The Rock, rubbing shoulders with greatness, was a huge entertaining factor as well, and then moved on with kind of like Tajiri, and just the kind of career he's had, to still be relevant in a kind of tight match with CM Punk, just absolutely brilliant, and now NXT general manager. Just kind of, just when you go, what's representative of British Russian? William Regal, you know, and that's why he's a legend. And that, in my eyes, why, if it was him or Dunn, if I had to pick Regal when he was Dunn's age, I would pick Regal. Well, you say that, but as you mentioned, when he was general manager, he was drinking piss from a fucking teapot. <laughs> he was a kind of stereotypical Brit who was getting the piss taken out of him. He was kissing Vince McMahon's ass to keep his job. You know, he flummoxed between the alliance and wwe during that at uh, you know during that era but pete dunn he's probably one of the first and only legitimate english guys that have come along and you said that man 
is going to be a WWE champion or a Universal champion one day without doubt. You've never, you know, no one's ever said William Regal. He is one of the greatest wrestlers to have never held the heavyweight championship. Bulldog, he was. <clears throat> William Regal, right now, if he was to debut or be the William Regal uh, at this point, he would then say William Regal would be a future WWE champion. If it was this day and age, William Regal would have made it all the way to the top. He had a lot of personal demons, as they say, and sorted it out. William Regal, in overall characteristics, when you look at them face-to-face on a game or a, a top Trumps card, you'd be like wrestling, uh, winning Regal and Dunn, the same. You know, Dunn is a great worker, but Regal can do exactly what Dunn can. You think about 20 years later, do you know what I mean, with Regal doing that, you would say they're the same, you know. But when you add a personality you add the promo skills and everything they bring. I think Regal beats Pete Dunne when it comes to the way he can talk on a microphone, the way, you know, William Regal can get the character across. Dunne plays the same character you mentioned earlier. He plays the same kind of angry, gruff guy. William Regal can play the clown, as we've seen. He can play the, the kind of the, the killer and the kind of, you know, the brass knucks and all that kind of thing. He can, he can play, you know, six or seven different characters where it's Dunne and he plays one. And that's why I think Regal is better than Dunne. Well, Dunn only needs to play one character, and that is the man who's held the UK Championship for over 600 days. And, you know, yeah, he may not be the greatest on the mic, but he doesn't need to be the greatest on the mic. He does everything he says in the ring. He doesn't need outside aid. He doesn't need outside interference. He's come against all the odds, being, you know, a long, long time reigning champion. And, you know, even in a style, yes... Regal has had some very good matches. Yeah. And, you know, he is good on the mic as well. But... He's better he, than Pete Dunne, isn't he? he I would there. say he's better than Pete Dunne. Yeah, okay. But well, I I'll think... Stop it there. Hang on a minute. I know you've got a lot of argument. But I'm going to award... I'm not going to just take the point, but I think William Regal beats Dunne in that one and we'll move on to the next one. Dan, what do you think? I'll let you have it. All right, cool. Let me have it. Right, last one now, quickly. Uh, Jack Gaha or... Tyler Bate. Who do you think's who are you picking? I'm gonna go with Gentleman Jack Gallagher. Why? Well Jack Gallagher, he is his character, you know, he when we first saw him come in, he was dressed in rainbow coloured tights, he had his umbrella, you know, he's made an appearance in the Royal Rumble. Yes, he didn't do too great in the Rumble, but you know, it was a very memorable appearance in the Royal Rumble. He is an absolute great ring worker. I just think he needs to be put into a different kind of situation. Situation. Uh, he's not Drew Gallagher's lackey, where he is his own character. And I think, you know, a resurgence on either NXT or NXT UK would bring out a lot better character and a lot better worker in Jack Gallagher. I, I think you're right with that. But I think with Tyler Bate, look at him. He's 20 years old. He delivered the match of the year when he was 19. What can that boy do when he gets to his prime in 31, 32? Another guy who is a future W champion, if right. You know, and there's so much potential. And Tyler Bate hasn't been, um, take, it hasn't hurt him being in NXT and NXT UK. It's hurt Jack Gallagher. Gallagher was in a Rumble a couple of years ago. I don't see, if you say who's going to be in a Rumble next time, Bate or Gallagher, I'm going to pick Bate to be in a Raw Rumble. You know that. He's already got the mustache mounted thing with Trent Seven, which is a great way for him to learn. Plus, in singles competition as well, I feel like he can really go forward and just deliver classic matches. You know, we've seen him in tag team at the moment. I think he can go. I don't think there's anything stopping him. I think he's a total package. When you talk about Jack Gallagher, 
you're talking about, yeah, he's a great technical wrestler. His headbutt's fantastic, and it's a funny character. But with Bate, there's there's not anything missing from his game. Yeah, you know, what what's missing from Tyler Bate and what he does? You know, there's not a lot. But the only thing missing from Jack Gallagher is the right caliber of opponent. You give him the right opponent, he's going to have an absolute barn burner. But I think he, I think if you were going to put um, Brock Lesnar. I think Gallagher loses in seconds, whereas Bate uh, puts forward an effort. You he know? loses in minutes. No, I think, I've, yes, he loses in but I think you'll see more of, I think if you're going to put him up against kind of the main event level guys, I think Bate's got more potential to work down the line. I don't think Jack will ever get to the main event. I'm just talking, if we were going to pick one in the draft, who would we pick to, to kind of go forward? I think, uh, for me, Bate would go more forward than Gallagher. Right, final thoughts on that. Well, you know, pound for pound, I think Jack Gallagher, if he was slightly bigger, then he'd, you know, overtake Tyler Bate. But it's apples and oranges at the moment, yes. isn't it, really? You know, with the size. I know Tyler Bate, he is a big, strong boy. And, you know, he know. does do feats of superhuman yeah. strength. It's so. weird because it's, it's called the master bait. We want to toss for this. Uh, so who do you think got it then? In this I would one? go for Tyler Bate. All right. Uh, we'll, we'll go Bate at that one. So Bate wins. James wins the mass debate contest. Uh, and there we have it. Right, so we're going to move on to the second episode of NXT UK that we've got for you. So, yes, it is NXT UK episode 24th, which was January 9th. Match one, El Ligero or Ligero versus Joseph Connors. Yeah, this was a back and forth encounter between the high flying El Ligero and a hard hitting Joseph Connors. The villainous Connors targeted Ligero's mask at one stage, but he was unsuccessful in trying to rip it off. The finish came when Aguero landed a Tenade DT off the ropes to pick up the win. And we go on to match two, which is Travis Banks versus Tyson T-Bone with Saxon Huxley. And Banks was in control against Tyson until his own music hit and Jordan Devlin appeared on the stage dressed in Banks' New Zealand flag. Banks remained focused and hit Slice of Heaven on T-Bone to get the win. Devlin began to brawl with Banks post-match, but the Irishman soon escaped just like the previous episode, and walk to the back. And then our main event is Gallus versus British Strong Style, which should be a fantastic main event. We've got the NXT UK champion Pete Dunne and Mustache Mountain, who are going to go for the NXT Tag Team titles at TakeOver against Joe Coffey, of course, the number contender to Pete Dunne's championship, and Wolfgang and Joe Coffey, who came so close in the semi-finals of Tag Team titles against Mustache Mountain, but... I mean, these two teams got a hell of a response. It looks like we're going to start with Tyler Bate and Joe Coffey. Joe Coffey's been on a roll, but, you know, you can't really back Pete Dunne. What team are you going for in this one, Dan? I'm going for the British strong style. I mean, uh, you know, the team of Dunne and Mustache Mountain. If they can keep uh, Trent Seven out of the picture as much as possible, try and save his leg for the tag team title match in uh, Blackpool. I think that's going to be something that they're going to target, aren't they? You know, we know that Grizzled Young Vets will be watching this match. It's a very hard-hitting affair to have just as we're headed in to take over as well. Joe Coffey, though, has been on a roll as of late, beating everybody and beating everybody without the assistance of Gallus as well. You know, think about beating Travis Banks, 
beating um, Morgan Flash Webster, beating El Liguero as well. You know, Joe Coffey has beaten everybody in front of him. The only man left is Pete Dunne. But we can't discredit Tyler Bate in this one as well. Fantastic athlete, probably going under the radar a little bit in Mustache Mountain at the moment. But single competition, as good as anybody in NXT UK. We can see at the start, a test of strength. Joe Coffey's obviously got the power over Tyler Bate. But Bate, or sorry, the size, but as in power-wise, Bates is strong as anybody on the WWE rosters. He's proven it now as he's fighting Coffee And a proper test of strength. Bates down now. Coffee though, can't keep him down for long. Bridging up again. Well, Coffee keeps sweeping the leg out of Bate, and now he's going to put all his weight on top of Bates to try and get him down for the cover, but Bates just too strong for that. Oh, tried it once, and again, Bates fighting from the bottom. And Bates somehow managing to get up. And Joe Coffey is ever so surprised by this. And now Bates winning the test of strength, dipping Coffey to a bridge, but Coffey stands up and kind of goes to a stalemate, so he ends up kneeing Bates in the midsection. And now just grabs the arm. He's going to take his time here as uh, Wolfgang and his brother Mark just looking on the open at the moment. And Pete Dunn's definitely scouting his opponent here. You know, he's facing Coffey at takeover. He's going to watch and see what the man brings. Of course, Joe Coffey putting Pete down for a table just a couple of weeks ago. But Bate managing to nip up. And now we're getting a face-off between British Strong Style and Gallus. I do like Pete Dunn, you know, even though he's on the facey team with a ever-so-smiley moustache mountain, he still keeps his miserable look on his face, which, you know, it's absolutely perfect. Well, this is the thing when you talk about, uh, you know, heels and faces and how you, you do the character. And Pete Dunne has not changed, you know, even though he has gone from a face to a heel. He, he's not changed, you know, he, he could be put in the same as kind of like the Rock or Stone Cold in that way that they've not changed their character, you know. Even someone like Elias on the main roster has changed a slight bit since turning face, and you do see that. Whereas Pete Dunne's still the kind of same, you know, like I say, he's been the UK champion for 600 days, you know, we've seen every challenger, and he's still got that same, kind of, you know, same look about him as well, and... There's no doubt he absolutely loves the action. We've not seen Pete Dunne for a while, but look what he's doing in NXT as well with Adam Cole. And again, with Trent Seven in this time, we're going to have a standoff. You can tell these six men hate each other as well. Yeah, yeah, and it is, you know, even though it's early on, 24, 25 episodes in, and we're still, you know, we're seeing character development. We're seeing, you know, hatred for a couple of teams. We've seen... You know, what's been going on between Gallus and British Strong Style. You know, this is kind of like the standout story of the UK so far. And it's really clever because they're, I say normal fans, you know, maybe people not the UK product, will know who Pete Dunne and Mustache Mountain are through NXT and other things. And like I said, they're, they're building the kind of show around them at the moment with Gallus there. And now Big Joe Coffee's in. Mark Coffee. Mark Coffee in with Pete Dunne. You see, you know, these six guys have had kind of like a face-off. You've had Wolfgang, Trent Seven, you've had Tyler Bate, a Joe Coffey, and now you've got uh, Pete Dunne and Mark Coffey like, squaring off. It's, it's good to see, you know, these six guys are a good advertisement for NXT UK. Yeah, they set the stage, not only for TakeOver, but a lot of stuff afterwards as well as Dunne takes down Mark, and then the rest of Gallus coming with British Strong Style. And this has turned into a brawl at the moment. I can't, we can't really call the action. Pete Dunn is with Mark in the corner. I think Joe's over there with Trent Seven. And Tyler Bates got Wolfgang. Yep. Eliminates Wolfgang from the Rumble. And now Dunn throwing out Mark. Joe Coffey in trouble. 
He gets heloed over the top by Trent Seven. And now Gallus to the outside and British Strong Style ruler ring at the moment. Are they going to go flying? You can bet your bottom dollar Pete Dunne, uh, Tyler Bate is. Well, they're just showing at the moment that they rule the ring here in the UK. Well, Mark Coffey trying to get a head start on Pete Dunne as his back was turned, but Dunne, too intelligent for that, takes him out and he's got him tied up, going to go to work on them fingers. Well, I'm sure Gallus had a game plan beforehand to kind of see what person they wanted. Like we talked about Trent Seven's knee, maybe. The last thing they wanted in any of their plans is for Pete Dunne to be in and in to be control of any of members of Team Gallus. But now he's got Mark Coffey and he's just been folding them up like a pretzel. And he's got the legs. And Pete Dunne, probably one of the most exciting wrestlers that you can watch. You never get bored with what he does and his style in the ring. Well, Pete Dunne and Tyler Bate both. You know, Trent Seven, to his credit as well, was a brilliant worker. Oh my God, now Dunne. Might look like he might be going for like the bow and arrow, but decided against it. Just worked the legs instead. Now kick to the gut. As he Trent Seven, and you can see the kind of togetherness of British Strong Style as well. They've been working together. They know each other so well. Look at the wars Tyler Bate and Pete Dunn went through. They earned respect during those wars. Well, one thing I want to say, if Pete Dunn does lose his title for one reason or another, I want to see him move up to the main roster. Mm, I, I want to see him go yeah. to either Raw or SmackDown because he is a guaranteed heavyweight champion. Well, this is the thing that, you know, we're going to see what they do if they've got plans. You know, Pete Dunne is a fantastic poster child for NXT UK as their champion. But again, the possibilities are there to open it up for Pete Dunne and, you know, Mustache Mountain as well. And I tell you what, if Gallus can keep impressing, they might have a shot on the main roster just with their sheer size. You know, Mark and Joe, very, very impressive looking. You know, Wolfgang is fitting into the team as well, even though you probably say he's the kind of guy that looks least like a so-called superstar. But that's another thing about NXT UK as well, giving people a chance who maybe wouldn't be on the main roster to show what they can do. You know, people like we saw last week with uh, Flash Morgan, Webster and Mark Andrews, I think two guys most definitely got something to bring. And I think that's what's exciting about UK talent at this time as well. Well, that is indeed. But again, you know, it's, I don't want to see him flourish in the NXT UK division and... Not go from there. Yeah. You know, because you look at these three guys, the amount of matches they could have on the main roster, you know, you've got Sanity, you've got a possible Wyatt family reunion, you know, seeing them going against even five years down the line, another Shield reunion. Well, this is the thing, isn't it? The possibilities are there. We're getting, you know, teams in NXT, and I'm sure we're going to see more stables built and more stables destroyed as well. You know, when we look in a year's time, where will Gallus and British Strong Style be? There's still a chance they could be dominating NXT UK. And at the moment, it looks like Gallus has taken over control of this match. Tyler Bate was in with Wolfgang, and Wolfgang a couple of quick tags. And now it's Joe Coffey, kind to be the guy. You know, we talk about a leader of a group. Seems Joe Coffey definitely is, but he's a guy that likes to take control of the situation. Situation. He's will sit there and give out orders. He's the one that wants to be in control and basically dishing out punishment. And that's what we're seeing here with Joe Coffey. Now you can see Gallus kind of like losing a, a very important match and Mark and Joe turning on Wolfgang. Yeah, this is exactly. Wolfgang is not blood, is he? And, you know, his blood is thicker than water. So there's a storyline for that, for Wolfgang maybe to have a little run himself. I think what's vital here for um, Joe is to kind of send a statement. Send a statement and show Pete Dunne exactly what he can do. You know, then Pete Dunne might be in the back of his head thinking it might come to an end at TakeOver as well. Joe Coffey has been 
very, very impressive. He can beat Tyler Bate here. You know, you would say it's a huge statement said, not only for Joe Coffey, but for Gallus. But Bate is, is tough as old boots, as JR would say. He's going to be in this fight. You know, you talk about that moment NXT Chicago with Tyler Bate and Pete Dunne having the kind of match of the year. And ever since then, showing what either man can do as Bate looking for the tag, but Wolfgang stopping him. The Tyler Bate standing switch. Leapfrogs over the back of Wolfgang. Tags in Trent Seven. And that is brilliant there by Bate to help tag his moustache mountain partner. And now Trent Seven, who always like because a little bit huskier. And to be fair, so is Wolfgang a little bit. Back body drop and Seven is feeling the heat at the moment. Well, he still moves though, doesn't he, for a huskier fella. He is, you know, definitely the veteran in this group. Lovely suicide dive between the bottom and middle rope taking out Wolfgang. Throwing it back in now into the corner. And I love that running up chop. Oh, Mark comes in but hits Wolfgang. Gets caught with a suplex there. Well, we mentioned that the main event for Crown Jewel. That had a combined of over 200. I mean, you've got three guys here in the British Strong Style. They're, their combined age is barely 100. It's not even 100. Yeah, without a doubt. And, and this is the, the fantastic thing about the NXT UK roster in this main event as well. And all oh, looks like Mark Coffey clothesline into Wolfgang with suplex there. We saw that bit. And then it was Wolfgang grabbing hold. No, it wasn't. It was Mark Coffey grabbing hold of Trent Seven. Wolfgang coming off the top like a moonsault. Trent Seven moved, took Mark Coffey out, and Seven was with Wolfgang. But again, the Coffey brothers getting involved. And, and quite rightly, Tyler Bate is saying, this is not right here. And now it's Joe Coffey on the outside, sending Trent Seven into the stairs. And throws him back in the ring as Pete Dunne comes around to stand up for his teammate. And a huge spear by Wolfgang. This could be it. Oh, oh. only a two count. Two. And so close to Seven now, finding him in the wrong part of town. Well, you've got some more exciting times coming up in, uh, in the WWE. I mean, you've got this impending war game-style match going on, you know, between three divisions. That could uh, lead to something very interesting. I, don't, I think it's going to be a throwaway thing on Access. It's just so people who are buying the, the Access tickets to see their favourite superstars will see that. They've done it the past couple of years, haven't they, with kind of tournaments and stuff like this. I'm hoping, like we said about it, they make a big deal, but... I just think it could kind of be like a throwaway thing. There is a lot of potential to do this now between uh, the brands that we've got. So hopefully that's something they look at down the line. But even that just representatives of groups, you know, you talk about what you've got on the, the main roster here, sending British Strong Style up as a group for NXT UK to go against, say, the Undisputed Era. I think it's kind of built in through that. But we're not going to focus on NXT. We're focusing on NXT. And Trent Seven are trying to get out of... Gallus's grip, but at the moment he can't. Now he's in the Gallus corner. Joe tags in his brother Mark. And now Mark just going to wear Trent Seven down with that front face lock. And the problem is that hold as well. The more Trent Seven fights it, the more he's going to go out. And Tyler Bate looking for a tag. So is Pete Dunn. Pete Dunn looks a bit worried, I would say. And now just good tag team by Gallus, keeping Trent Seven in the corner. Every time he tries to fight back, you can see Wolfgang holding the trunks to Seven. Keep in the corner. Now Joe Coffey's in. This referee can't see that. And it's just simple but effective there by Gallus. And Trent Seven taking a lot of punishment. He's taken a lot of punishment in the past. You've got to think he's still got an NXT Tag Team title match coming up against Grizzle Young Vets as well. Wolfgang in now. Goes up top and the double axe handle smash across the back of Trent Seven. And now Trent Seven fighting off Wolfgang. Joe Coffey on the second rope. 
He gets a chop for his travels, but Joe Coffey goes straight for the hair. I think that's another thing I like about it as well, is the fact they do take the shortcuts that Hill should. You know, it's kind of like grabbing the hair or grabbing the trunks. Any advantage. It's not helped him out here, though, because Trent Seven's got Joe Coffey. Superplex makes the ring shake. <laughs> All the way down. And now can Trent Seven try and make it across? The fans are behind him. And Trent Seven now tagging in Pete Dunne. And, and Wolfgang's in. <laughs> not great for Wolfgang. Now Mark Coffey's come in. Grabs the leg. Pete Dunne went for an insecurity. Hit Wolfgang. Throws Mark against the ring. Rack suplex. Kick to the hand. <clears throat> and it's just so quick and sudden. And now Exploder. Turns him inside out. Turns his attentions to Wolfgang. Spins through. Grabs him in the knee bar. And now Wolfgang's caught. Trying to grab to that bottom rope, but too far away. Wolfgang's in serious trouble. Gallus is nowhere to be seen at the moment. But as I say that, Mark, back in his corner, gets attacked to Wolfgang. Straight into a cross-arm breaker. <laughs> it's just, it's great defence by Pete Dunne, who's been on the mat these past couple of minutes, but it's stopped. Three attempts, and now going into Kimura. He's got the arm, and Wolfgang's got nowhere to go. Joe Coffey's got a ringside seat of exactly what Pete Dunne can do as well. Oh, this is, it just shows how dangerous Dunne is. But Wolfgang's shown his power and managing to suplex Pete Dunne. Wolfgang, give him credit for that. Tyler Bate makes a tag, comes right into Joe Coffey, who came in as well as a legal guy. Coffey reverses Bate, who stops himself in the second turnbuckle, now reverses a kick with a knee to the face on the second rope. Oh, off the second with a uppercut. And now Bate. Come on, I want to see a patented head rope bounce. Using the rope to build momentum. Comes in with a huge elbow. Irish rip again, but reversed by Joe Coffey. Joe comes in with a boot. Tyler Bate dodges it, but gets caught with a back elbow. And now Coffey, very impressive. Springing up from that second to the top. Diving cross body, but Bate moved. Running, shooting, star. Goes to the cover. Two. Oh. But Joe managing to kick out. Ah, guess Coffee had too much then. But the agility there of Joe Coffee, very impressive. Both men trying to get to the feet. Now Tyler Bate got hold of Coffee, gets pushed away. Wheelbarrow, but gets spun round by Joe. Oh my God, and Joe Coffee's not finished yet. No, Bate rolls through. Goes for the for cover. The cover. Kick out. Ah, Bate's got him up on his shoulders. And now it's time for Bate to spin him. The British Airways spin. Taking them all the way around. They spin them around at least 20 times. At least 40 times. <laughs> Joe Coffey might be dizzy. The fans on their feet here. And he's still going. Everybody on their feet applauding this. Slams him down. Tyler Bate can barely see where <laughs> he's going. Falls to his ass. The very first UK champion, Tyler Bate, showing what makes him just so impressive here. And he's going to the wrong corner. Oh, big strong boy. And now he might be going for the Tyler driver on Coffee. Now bait and switch, but he gets caught. Headbutt to the chest. And just a spinning <laughs> slap from Tyler Bait in response. Both men are down to the mat. Well, incredible action here in the main event. The last match for all, the very first ever NXT UK takeover. Mark- Trent Seven's in, Mark's in. And Step Mark, up in yeah. Seguri to the... Right arm of Trent. Well, that's been targeted in this match, but Trent turns around, rip cord into the clothesline. But that bad arm took most of the brunt there. 
But at least his left leg's getting a break. Well, to be fair, yeah, but he's always seemed to carry an injury. Tags in Tyler Bate again. Tags in Pete Dunne as well. They're going to go for a triple threat finisher. Well, this is going to be classic British strong style. Oh! All three of them taking him out. One, two. Ah, oh, no. but Wolfgang in to save it for Gallus. Well, Wolfgang there playing a vital role, but getting cut off by Trent Seven, switching him around low, sends Seven to the outside. Bait and switch rocks Wolfgang. And Wolfgang going out, and here comes Tyler Bate to follow him. Oh, suicide dive. Saved very well there by Wolfgang. I mean, <laughs> Bate could have gone head first into that. Uh, April, uh, well, walkway. We saw what happened to Andrews last week with the impact. I mean, like I said, Bates is a very important part of NXT UK. Dunn's got Mark, but Joe's up on the apron with the NXT title. Mark rolling up Pete, but Pete managing to kick out. Ah, catch him with a step up in Seguri. Well, that was impressive by Mark. Tags in Joe, and that distraction might have paid dividends. The Iron King picks up Dunn. Powerbomb. And that's a power, but huge power, but he can't capitalise on it. Finally goes into the cover to... No! Well, there was no kick out there. Uh-huh. Trent Seven managing to stop that. And Wolfgang by his hair, thrown out by Trent Seven. And a huge back fist there, knocks Wolfgang down. Oh, but Mark taking out Trent Seven. Oh! And there's Tyler Bate with a close on a Mark. A pop-up pop up, up, pop up uppercut from Joe to Tyler. Easy for you to say. And that was incredible impact there. And now it's Pete Dunn and Joe left. And a huge bruiserweight charm. And now these two men just going to go at it. This is what we're going to see in our main event later tonight. We're seeing it right now. Joe Coffey and Pete Dunn going for it. Neither man have got the advantage out slugfest. Each man getting tired. Dunn responds with a big elbow. And now he's got the hands down for Joe. You talk about joint manipulation. Oh, Ooh, just a stomp to the hands and a kick to the head. But no spear right to the midsection of Dunn. Sends him back first into the ropes. And now Joe Coffey feeling the momentum. Oh, Coming for a running spear, but Dunn <laughs> managing to get the foot up and just kicking him. A huge impact. Both men are down. And a huge NXT chant. And what incredible match it's been so far. And Joe going to go for the tag for Wolfgang, but gets caught by Pete Dunn, who grabs the fingers. Oh, and just rips them apart. It's like going to go for the bitter end, but Wolfgang got the tag. Drops the elbow to Dunn. Well, he tags in Tyler Bate. He was elbowed so hard, he went into the corner to Tyler Bate. Now Bate dodging Wolfgang. Hurricane Runner sends Wolfgang to the outside. And now all the men, Trent Seven, Pete Dunn, Mark and Wolfgang, all fighting on the outside. Tyler Bates making his way up. Oh, corkscrew off the top, taking all the men down. Wolfgang throws him back in the ring. Well, these are the two legal men, Tyler Bates and Wolfgang. And Tyler Bates trying to get the crowd into this one, trying to get a bit of momentum. Picking up Wolfgang, but oh no, too much weight there. Wolfgang dodging it. Getting caught by the, in the corner by Tyler Bate though, but the tag's in. Yeah, I think Joe got the, the blind tag, but it's not going to stop Bate for going for the Tyler driver. Joe pushes him off, but Bate lands on his shoulder, uh, lands on his feet. Going for that clothesline. Oh, oh my God. 
and a huge lariat by Joe Coffey, and it takes out Tyler Bate. And what a huge statement. Joe Coffey there, he's looking across at Pete Dunne and saying, this is what I've just done to your British Strong Style member. That's what I'm going to do to you at TakeOver UK. What an incredible, man, incredible match, though. Dan, what are your thoughts? Absolutely incredible, yeah. Brilliant way to get fans enticed in what happens at Blackpool. Joe Coffey getting the much-needed momentum into the match. Pete Dunne, you know, his team's on the losing end, but he didn't eat the pinfall. Yeah. I thought it was actually going to be Trent Seven or Wolfgang getting the pinfall and that because they seem like the weaker members of the team. But to get it over someone like Tyler Bate, the first-ever UK champion, you know, um, it, it just goes to show that Joe Coffey is capable of knocking off all legitimate threats to Pete Dunne's title in proving that he is the next man to hold it. Well, I think that's a perfect point to end on, is the fact is Joe Coffey has just pinned the first ever NXT UK champion, Tyler Bate, and at TakeOver Blackpool, he looks to pin Pete Dunne and end his reign. Gallus stand tall here tonight, but what will happen at TakeOver, we are minutes away from finding out. Yeah, I mean, the NXT TakeOver uh, live kickoff on the network has just started with Vic Joseph and Nigel McGuinness being in the crowd, it looks like, commentating here tonight. Uh, but we're going to move on to shout-outs before we run through the card. Uh, and Dan, do you want to start us off? Yes, Adam Morris says, I like how simple and basic the ring and entry ramp look. Feels like early WCW or Raw in Manhattan. Personally, Raw and SmackDown really need to follow this example. Today, all of the in-ring promos feel so scripted. I wish the wrestlers would be given high points and be able to improv like Heyman or Austin. It would attract more viewers. Yeah, excellent point about that. Uh, Hayley Edwards says, NXT show is now an A show, not Monday Night Raw, not SmackDown Live. That's all because of Vince McMahon said that he's not run NXT. Vince, you lost your touch. CM Punk was right. Well, I, I don't know if, if Vince McMahon's lost his touch, Dan. What do you reckon? Well, whether Punk is there or not, it's still going to attract fans. Yes, they might moan a bit more. And I personally, if I was Vince McMahon, I'd put my hand very deep into my pockets and offer CM Punk anything it would take to get him back. Because not only was he brilliant on the mic, but he was a brilliant in-ring performer as well. And, you know, he deserved a lot better than he got treated from, you know, NXT, uh, well, from WWE. And it was vastly improved. The, you know, the whole the product as a whole. And, you know, even though we're live, James still has to take a moment to go to the toilet and have a sit-down lady wee, as he does, because, you know, it is uh, his tiny little bladder that he's no, got. No, I'm, I'm going to go in a second. I'll, I'll set us up. I'll set you up first. Uh, so that was uh, good what we were saying. Like we say we're live anyway. Uh, Mandy Grace says, take over Dublin, Manchester, Glasgow, Liverpool. I would disagree with that. I'd put London in that list there. I don't know what you think about that. Yeah, I'd I'd say London as well. You could have Cardiff, so you know it can travel all around the UK, because you know it would it should be a huge product. There's a lot of suitable stadiums around that could take the capacity of an NXT UK crowd, and wherever they go in the UK, they're going to sell out. They're going to have a loud and raucous fan base, as you know we've seen from the roars and smackdowns that they have at the O2 in London. And, you know, some memorable moments as well. They they should definitely travel all over the UK, you know, maybe even into Europe as well. And Tristan Edwards says, I'll be interested to see how this goes. I don't feel like NXT UK really has any momentum yet. 
still finding its feet and who are the top stars? Well, you know, without even having to look, you know that Pete Dunne is a top star as the NXT UK champion. Rao Ripley and Tony Storm at Evolution. So, you know, you kind of know who they are. And any familiar face to the NXT brand in America would know who Mustache Mountain are as well. Um, they are, you know, without doubt, a, a bunch of really talented guys. I kind of see the point in, you know, not feeling it has any momentum yet, but 205 Live didn't really start off running. That took a little while to build up, and yet it hasn't got its own paper. Um, with NXT, especially the UK division, there are a lot of very talented people there, as I've mentioned, but... You know, it's you're still finding out storylines as they go along. You know, you've had the formation of Gallus. You've seen what the Coffee Brothers can do. Uh, and, you know, even the underrated kind of wrestlers like Jordan Devlin, uh, Wolfgang as well. You know, it's, it's a lot of talent there. Yeah, without a shadow of a doubt, Dan. I think you're absolutely right about that. Um so, I mean, that was the shout-outs. We've got one more shout-out left, which is TakeOver is like a mini WrestleMania for true wrestling fans. Uh, no, come on, get off of yourself. Don't be a smark about yourself, all right? The thing is, in professional wrestling, is that fans seem to have a go at other fans because of what they haven't seen and what they haven't done. And the whole reason the WNR podcast worked is because, yes, I watch more wrestling than Dan, but no, what I turn around to him and go... Actually, I'm more intelligent when it comes to wrestling than you are because of this and that. I might know a couple of more things, but when you look at what our pay-per-view predictions are and everything like that, Dan is, you know, he beat me last year, you know? So I think when it comes to that, maybe I've got a different approach than what you had when it when it comes to that, Dan. But I think, you know, it's, for me, I feel like it's, you know, people can't afford to go to WrestleMania. They can only go to events that they can afford to. It's not like they can pick and choose. Only a select couple of people can, you know? Well, you know, especially it's really difficult for us as, you know, we'd have to take into account traveling to America, um, about a week off work, as well as tickets, which are, a lot of them are sold to a second party, which then put their jack up price on. You know, so you're looking at at least a couple of thousand pounds yeah. just for us to go and watch it. Um, as well as, you know, losing money for not being at work as well. It's... It, I wouldn't say it's a mini WrestleMania because you look at the takeover events that have preceded WrestleManias and we've given them a higher score. Yeah. But, you know, you just can't take away the feel of this is WrestleMania. Yeah. But I think, exactly. And, and the thing we're trying to get, uh, the trying to point I'm trying to get across to, to everybody is just like, it doesn't matter what wrestling you see. Wrestling's wrestling. Yes, it might be good wrestling, might be bad wrestling. But as long as we can like and love professional wrestling, no matter where it's from, no matter what company it is, where, where you can sit down and enjoy it. And, you know, and that's the whole point of, of being a wrestling fan. Your connection is people as wrestling fans get treated differently because they like wrestling. You get asked, you talk about most asked questions, don't you know it's fake? You know, uh, all these kind of things that we've always dealt with. And, and as a wrestling fan, you can get a connection with them because you know you like the same thing. It's, it's like, you know, anything else. So I feel we just need to embrace it. And we're seeing it getting bigger and bigger uh, every year as well, you know, outside of WWE. Yes, and, uh, you know, there's, there's another point as well, you know, with new companies starting up, new promotions getting going as well. It's 
It should be a good time for wrestling fans, not a time for, oh, AEW is going to sink WWE, yeah. WWE is going to sink AEW. You know, it, it shouldn't be a point of that. We should all be gathering on because, you know, as we've mentioned on a few podcasts, wrestling scene is flourishing exactly. and it is getting bigger and it is expanding. Yeah. And, you and, know, enjoy the ride, basically. And, and a perfect point, and we're going to enjoy it in 20 minutes when we start our very first ever live NXT TakeOver in Blackpool. And that's going to be a huge show. We're going to bring it out Wednesday. But we've got 20 minutes left. Let's run through the card. Let's have a look at the card and try and delve into, not prediction-wise, who we've gone for, but just what we think about each match. So let's start off with the first one. So it's Jordan Devlin going up against who can forget. I've actually forgotten his name right now. How embarrassing is that? Travis Banks. Of course it's Travis Banks, Dan. Thank you very much. See, I know more about Dan, but he's reminded me it's Travis Banks. The New Zealander we saw on NXT UK, of course, Devlin draped in the New Zealand flag, avoiding uh, the match twice. Uh, if added to it, we knew there was going to be a fifth match. You know, we've heard for a couple of months, you know, about the four. Uh, now we've got a fifth one. It makes sense. Uh, I feel for me it's a vehicle for Devlin and not Banks, but I think it's good Banks getting it. But then again, I might be surprised. Dan, what are your thoughts on the matchup? And you know, it should be a good match because you know Jordan Devlin, he is a good talent. He, you know, I think he's a good wrestler. Others in this room with me might not be as uh, as sold on Jordan Devlin. No, I'm not as me. Um, no. But, you know, you can't really take away from what we've seen of him. And yes, Jordan Devlin, we did walk past you when we was at SmackDown and we didn't even realise you was a wrestler, <laughs> even though we'd seen you in the uh, NXT UK yep. Championship Tournament. But, um, you know, I, I think he's quite underrated in the ring. And as far as Banks goes as well, you know, I think he is a good performer as well. We've seen a few of his matches... Yeah. On the uh, NXT UK, and yeah, you know, it's just building up towards a good card. Yeah, well, let's not forget, Travis Banks made it to the UK tournament final the second time, you know. He's made it all the way through. You don't get through uh, if you're not tough and if you don't deserve a spot in the card. It's obviously got ideas for him because he's featured on NXT TV. And, of course, he's at a takeover match. I think this could be a great opening match for, for both men to really show. And, like you said, set the standard for what a takeover should be, especially in the UK, get the crowd into it. I don't know. They might start with our next match, though, Dan. I'm not sure. Our next match is Dave Mastiff versus Eddie Dennis in a no-DQ match. Yes. And, I mean, part of this because it might get the fans into it, Mastiff coming out. I think we're going to see brawling plenty, maybe a few weapons. Maybe a table involved. I'm not sure yet how far they're going to go. I think we're going to see maybe a couple of things involved, you know, a couple, maybe stunts or something like this. And I think that will get, kind of get the crowd into it as well. You know, I think maybe after the Devlin match might be the best way. You see, I'm even calling it the Devlin match as, as opposed to Devlin Banks because if I think if you look at the card, what it's built into, you know, there's a few heels positioned in certain It can go one way or another, if you know what I mean. Uh, but I think with Eddie Dennis, we need to see something for him tonight to really kind of make a statement and say, this is why I'm here for, you know, because Mastiff is beating him and he's kind of, he's just been annoying recently with someone his size. He needs to show us something. Yeah, because you've not been impressed with Eddie Dennis, have you? I haven't, no. I'd say I'm more on uh, Team Dave Mastiff. Yeah, well, without a shadow of doubt, and I think that's what we're going to see later tonight. Uh, the fans are definitely going to be behind Mastiff as well. But I think that could surprise us, that match, you know. I think those two matches we've talked about, 
we're not expecting a, a much from them, and people maybe on paper will be going, "Oh, that's not good." But I think it it might surprise us, like they do at takeovers, you know. Yes, indeed, and you know, as we know with takeovers, they get given the right amount of time as well. So, you know, hopefully, you know, we might even see a shopping trolley appearance here. <laughs> well, that's a very British thing that you know they can involve as well, and that's that's a perfect thing to introduce it to the kind of crowd, you know but the people watching there'll be a lot more people watching takeover today and when it's you know on demand as opposed to the normal tv you know because you'll see a takeover and they'll be like oh let's just check this out so they kind of need to set the standard high tonight for people to keep watching uh, i think the two matches yes they're gonna have to go far i think with the other three i don't think there's a lot to worry about really you know when you think about i think the women's championship match between ray ripley and tony storm we've seen the chemistry these two women have got i think that will be a very good match Dan. I think it will as well. You know, it's kind of uh, a rematch from uh, the Evolution pay-per-view, which happened on your birthday. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we've we've seen them kind of steal the show in some extent at Evolution. And, you know, both these women are hugely talented. My pick in the May Young Classic, who went on to win it. Yeah. Have I learned my mistake to go against Tony Storm now? I mean, Ray Ripley... It is one of these women very impressive, and you know there's been tours with NXT in America as well. Uh, she she's definitely got the look and potential to go very far wherever she is, you know. Uh, and I do like Ray Ripley, and I, I really like Tony Storm, but I feel the the women's division needs a kind of anchor, a lot like Pete Dunne in the, in the, in the NXT Championship, to kind of hold on to it and go right. This is how we're going to start. Then you can build off from this, you know. And, and I think that's going to be interesting to see tonight how the, the fans react to it as well. I, I think it should be a really good match. Like well, one match I'm quite worried about, and that's the UK Tag Team Championship match. I know Mustache Mountain will be able to deliver, but will the Grizzled Young Vets be able to deliver their side? Don't get me wrong, you know, I think they're a talented team, but I, I don't know, I just... That would be the match I'd say I'm more worried about. Well, well, I'll tell you what, when Mustache Mountain get involved, you know it's going to be a good match. You know, usually you would say, we haven't seen them in many bad tag team matches, you know. And, and I feel tonight is a great place for, like you say, Drake and Gibson a showcase to people who maybe don't know him. You know, Gibson, of course, won the first UK, uh, the second UK championship tournament. And it's weird that Tyler Bate, the winner of the first tournament, is in this match as well. So we get the two winners going at it. But I think what's more important is the James Drake and Trent Seven side of it. We know how good those two are. But what about... Uh, Drake and Seven, we know Seven is susceptible to injuries, you know what I mean? He, he's had legs injuries, he's had arm in, uh, shoulder injuries recently. And then, of course, we've got uh, Jake Drake, who we're not really sure about either, do you know what I mean? So, I mean, this is a couple of things that's going to, I think that's going to say. But I still think it will deliver. I don't think you have to worry too much about it. I really think Drake... Um, I think all four men will, will put forward a performance and you'll be like, all right, this is tag team wrestling. You know, this is what NXT UK is all about. But Dan, there's one left match left. And what do you think is going to happen in our main event? Joe Coffey versus Pete Dunne. Well, you know, you say you've never seen a bad Mustache Mountain match. I've never seen a bad Pete Dunne match either. Um, we've seen Joe Coffey proving himself week after week on the uh, NXT UK and, you know, he's proved that he doesn't need the rest of Gallus to get a victory. But, you know, will he win the NXT UK Championship on the first ever TakeOver Live? Well, it would 
if he were to win. I mean, Joe Coffey, there's no one maybe hotter at the moment than what uh, Joe Coffey is, is doing. The, the amount of victories he's picked up, and not in a kind of outside interference type way, but kind of getting the job done and getting a victory. Uh, I think Coffey is, is a great challenger to Dun. Dunley's someone who can stand up to him. He, yes, he's defended against Danny Birch and Jordan Devlin, but we kind of knew how that was going to go. Tonight is the first time in a long time we've said Dunn could potentially lose here tonight. And I don't think it would be a massive shock. I don't think the fans would be happy if Coffey won. But I don't think... Uh, you wouldn't say, oh, I'm shocked by it, would you, if, if Coffey was to walk away as his champion? I think you'd be like, right, OK, they're going to tell a story about maybe Dunn looking to retain or moving on and open a spot up for someone else. What do you reckon is going to happen? Uh, well, I think, you know, we're going to see a different side to Pete Dunn. We're going to see someone who's... Going to have to go out of his technical zone to kind of become a hard-hitting brawler-type wrestler as opposed to, you know, the technical prowess we've seen of him manipulating joint parts. I think he's going to have to hit harder and, you know, do everything he can to take out Joe Coffey. And will we see the rest of Gallus? Will they make an appearance? Will there need to be a save by Mustache Mountain? Well, you, you've got to think, like, and not only the Gallus question in the main event, but also about the tag team title match as well, is maybe Gallus gets involved across Mustache Mountain and the, the opportunity at the tag team titles, and they continue that story that way. You know, it's, it's, it's a lot of things riding on tonight. Gallus could have a fantastic night if Coffee was to win, and then, you know, uh, the rest of Gallus put in a statement against Mustache Mountain. You know, I think that's what we've got to look for. The storyline has definitely been that recently. It's British Strong Style versus Gallus, but which way is it going to go? It makes sense for maybe Coffee to... Tonight. But you, you just can't bet against Pete Dunne. Like I say, he's not had a bad match. And after 600 days as NXT UK champion, you know, it would be very difficult. I think the atmosphere in the, the ballroom at that time will be unbelievable. But do you think TakeOver has a chance to be as good, if not better, than the uh, American version as it is now? I think it has a chance to be as good. I, I think it needs a little bit more time before it could potentially take over that of what we see in the US. But, you know, with this card, you've got a strong undercards. You know, you've got Jordan Devlin. You've got Dave Mastiff. You've got three strong tag team matches as well, which have the potential to be good. So, you know, and again, providing they get given the right amount of time in the right areas, then... It could be great. Yeah. And uh, we've just seen on the the live kickoff on network talking about uh, mentioning Jordan Devlin and Travis Banks or Banks getting attacked earlier by Jordan Devlin. And I think they're just talking now the match is going to happen, maybe. Well, yeah, he is medically cleared. Yeah, the did... way they played it, though. Sorry, go on, Dan. You explain well, he is medically cleared. He did injure his knee during the attack from Devlin. But, you know, yeah, as you say, the way they was playing it, yeah. it was like the match wasn't going to be on. But as you get with every plucky underdog story, Travis Banks would have made his way out there, you know, on, on one leg. Yeah, exactly. But it probably means a devilin victory here tonight. But like I said, looking back at the card, though, uh, you've got a lot of potential. You know, we're, we're under nine minutes away now. And I feel TakeOver tonight, UK can send a huge statement to the rest of the world and say, this is not just because Triple H wants it, this is because we want it. 
Pete Dunne wanted this since day one. Now he's got a takeover tonight. You know, he'll be leading the top charge with Mustache Mountain. And, we, you know, we, we've got a great women's match as well. I think it's potential to be great. And we'll bring it to you Wednesday. We'll release NXT UK TakeOver Wednesday. Get our thoughts. Of course, we've got the Prediction League as well. Uh, and everything else involved in that. Our first actual uh, event of the year as well with points on the line. But before that, Dan. Before that. Yes, yeah, 20 years on, and it's the WF Raw Rumble 1999. Yes, Austin vs. McMahon and the brutal I Quit match between Mankind and The Rock all tomorrow. I know. What a huge weekend it's been. We released 10 episodes yesterday, doing our live show now. And like I say, tomorrow, Raw Rumble 1999, it, the. Of course, on like we said, takeover on Wednesday, and then next week the WNR for January. We're going to catch up with all the content, and then Dan in two weeks. It is the biggest weekend in WNR podcast history. On January the twenty fifth, which is a Friday, it is a WNR two hundred, and we are going live again at eight pm. Eight pm, so we'll be a little bit later on, but we will be live. Once again, to bring you the WNR 200. And, and Dan, what are we doing in the 200? We've got a lot of things planned. We've got a lot of things planned. Yeah, I've been going through uh, the old podcasts, pulling out some uh, bold predictions or, you know, statements that we've made and see if they've rung true. We're going to have some games. We're going to have a balloon or six. Yeah, we've got balloons. We've got party food. I've, I've, I've managed to get it all now. We've got fireworks. We're going to have a lot Have we got party hats? We've got party hats. It's going, to be, it's going to be the greatest show of all time ever, the WNR 200. And then January 26th, with, with probably all of us hung, on, hung over, uh, it'll be actually taking a live pre-show at 11 p.m., bringing you the first uh, American takeover of the year. And if that's not enough live WNR podcasting for you, on January 27th, the Royal Rumble live kickoff from 10 p.m. It's going to be unbelievable. The Royal Rumble, my favourite event of the year and will be live. So three live shows in two weeks' time. But we have been live tonight looking at NXT TakeOver Blackpool. And I'm excited for it. I cannot wait. Dan, final thoughts of tonight. I just hope it delivers a good show and, you know, we leave at the end feeling very happy with ourselves. Yeah, without a shallow of doubt. Tonight, the UK has a chance to show the world exactly what British wrestling and wrestling in general is all about. And tonight, we will go forward and enjoy everything. I cannot wait just a few minutes away. But that is it all for our live show on the pre-show of NXT TakeOver Blackpool. It's been a pleasure to come live. I always love, love our live shows. And like I said, we're doing three of them in a couple of weeks' time. So that would be great. Uh, but for now, don't forget you can follow us on Twitter at WWE Network Review or at Vince McDan WWE. I'm at J underscore Rollins. Of course, all the Google platforms, WWE Network Review on Google Plus. Send us an email to WNR Podcast at gmail.com. We're also on Facebook. Yeah, find our page and give us a like with a WWE Network Review podcast. Or you can come and find me and add me as a friend. I am Vince McDan. Yeah, subscribe to our YouTube channel, the WWE Network Review podcast on YouTube. We've got clips on there and podcasts go at the same time. You should do other places like SoundCloud. On your phone. We're also live now on Spreaker Radio. We'll be live in two weeks' time. We're on Stitcher Radio and iTunes where you can download, subscribe, 
rate and review there. But that is it. Thank you for listening, everybody. I have been James Rowlands, and as always, I was joined by... Dan White. And before we go, the talking has stopped, and now it's just time for the action. Bye. Bye. For the first time in our brand's history, from the Empress Forum in Blackpool, it's NXT UK TakeOver the rewarding Iron King, Joe Coffey, who will leave Blackpool as the United Kingdom champion. It'll be NXT UK Women's Champion, Rhea Ripley, defending her title against Tony Storm.